Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, this is Zivi Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. And speaking of books, I have two of my own books coming out this spring and summer. Princess Charming is a picture book, which debuts on April 19th, and Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature comes out on July 1st, and it is truly a labor of love. I hope you'll pre-order, order, and join me on tour as I go across the country. You can find out more at zibbyowens.com or bookendsmemoir.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at zibbyowens because I always post about everything. Enjoy the show. Emily Henry is the author of Book Lovers. She is the number one New York Times bestselling author of People We Meet on Vacation and Beach Read. She studied creative writing at Hope College and now spends most of her time in Cincinnati, Ohio, and the part of Kentucky just beneath it. Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Your office looks so beautiful and cozy. I just want to like climb into it. You know, it is. I'm always like here looking yeah, at right. the computer. I yeah. know it's such a waste. I need yeah. I say this often. I need to like set it up, but then I wouldn't have as good a background. But, right. Uh, you would just you have know. like a wall and you're just sitting facing the beautiful yeah. set. No, I yeah. mean there are bookshelves this way too, but oh, they're not yeah. they're not like color coordinated. They're messy yeah. and you know, we don't need to show right. post-its everywhere yeah. and it's like a zoo. So the you know. private shelves. Yeah. yeah. The private, the private <laughs> shelves. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, congratulations on the launch of Book Lovers. So Thank exciting. You. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I've been really looking forward to this book and discussing this book and reading it. And it was so fun and great. And I'm just convinced that you should like text for everyone who ever wants to flirt ever. <laughs> like people should hire you. You should just like be one of those, you know, you know that movie Roxanne, like, you know, yeah. Cyrano de Bergerac yeah, or whatever, yeah. where you're like always talking. You have like this gift of flirty tactic texting oh, or whatever anyway thank and you. Dial- dialogue too but particularly thank you I think I would have to be both people in that texting situation though because a lot of times it's like you you set up the joke and then the person on the other side is like okay <laughs> like that's all True. they have to say yeah yes yeah well that's like a, I mean that person's yeah. not even worth your effort right then. right that's delete like, that number yeah go move on to someone <laughs> you can spar with but there, I think there is something so attractive about someone who's on your same wavelength in that way, right? It's- yeah. I mean, even when you make a new friend and you're like, wow, this is this is really going well. That's like such an exciting feeling when you feel funnier and brighter and more sparkly because the person you're talking to just like gives as good as they get, you know? Yes, totally. <laughs> well, let's back up. Can you tell <laughs> listeners what Book Lovers is about? Yeah. Book Lovers is about Nora Stevens, who is an uptight ambitious, semi-cutthroat literary agent who lives in New York. And she loves her life, loves her job, but she has this problem, which is that she keeps getting dumped by men who should be perfect for her, for women who are her total opposite. So she every time she gets a boyfriend, like he gets sent out of town by his job. And while he's there, he falls in love with like a, a small town baker or flower, you know, florist, whatever. And her relationships end. And so she has kind of accepted that she is the villainess in every small town romance story. Like she's just (laughs) there to be the foil to the like good girl. And because of that, her younger sister Libby convinces her that they should get out of town for a month and have a sister's trip. And they can kind of give Nora her own transformational small town experience. Maybe she'll fall in love with a carpenter or a local doctor, you know, a country vet, whatever. But while she's there, she keeps running into her nemesis from back in the city, Charlie Lastra, who is this editor who summarily rejected Nora's client's big book and did so in like a very rude way. And that, you know, they've been on the wrong foot ever since. And so he keeps intruding on what should be this really idyllic small town experience and bringing like his brand of New Yorker back into her periphery and upsetting everything. Amazing. And I love how you you have it. Like it's so self, it's so like publishing meta, right? It's like, yeah. it's like, you, like it, you're like, wouldn't it be funny if there was a story like this? And then all of a sudden you're writing that story. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so funny because the more time you spend in a certain world, the more, you know, it's weird little quirks. And I feel like, I mean, you're in, in books in every single corner of books, but like, I bet you would have, I mean, maybe this is something you're working on. Like, I feel like you would have so much to say about the podcasting world that like, you know, everybody listens to podcasts, but most of us don't know anything about how the sausage gets made. And like, you know, all of the weird quirks, you know, like what to expect from guests. Like you've probably had some very awkward interviews, like you've done it all. And I don't know, it's like, I don't keep setting out to write these very meta books, but I'm just really fascinated by so much of the book world. Huh. I never thought about writing about the publishing world, but I am actually working on a novel about the book world. Yeah. Very amazing. But about like, not, not, (laughs) not romance at all, nothing like that. But, um, but it is endlessly fascinating, right? Because it, it is. It has so many, it in so many ways it doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Right. Right? It's like this total conundrum. Like there's so many books. There's so many people who want to write books. There's like, there are so many readers, but then how do the readers find the right books? Like, it's like, it's like a magic. It's like completely agree. How do people find, how do they find the right things? And I don't know. And I think that's why it feels so miraculous when you do read a book and you're like, this is the perfect book for me in this moment in time. And I don't, I don't even know if we stop to appreciate how weird that is because so often I'll pick up books that just for that moment, I'm like this, I'm not feeling this. I'm going to set it aside. And then maybe like three years later, I'm like, oh yeah, that book, try it again. And it's, you know, a roller coaster for me where I cannot get off and would not want to. And yeah, I don't know if we stop often enough to be like, this is weird that I'm reading this thing that feels like faded for me in this moment. Totally. When you feel like somebody like on the page is like reading your mind and you just, it's, yeah. I wrote about, I have this memoir. I wanted to do an event with you about this, but I have this memoir, Bookends coming out and it's a lot about my like love of books and whatever. But I felt like the opposite also happens. Like there are books that so hit me when I was Mm -hmm. like right after college or I was like trying to figure my whole life out and and all of this stuff and like what they were going through. And I was like, yes, this. And then I go back and read it and I'm like, well, what on earth was it? Like, what was I going through? Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, but yeah. it, but usually those, then the authors have written something more recently right. that I'm still responding to, but like for any of us to go back. I don't yeah. Know. No, I'm so with you. There are so many like middle grade or like chapter books that I loved as a kid that like, as an adult, I've been like, okay, I, I was, I remember being eight years old and having a very strong emotional reaction to this book and rereading it and realizing like, yeah, this is a book for kids. It's really bare bones. There's very little character development, not to say that's every book for kids, but the ones I'm thinking of where you're just like, I like sobbed. I sobbed about this and it's like 80 pages long. (laughs) Nothing, you know, nothing really happens. I don't know. You're so right. It's like the right book for the right time is like it. I don't know. It is like a time capsule. It's true. Well, it's like clothing, right? You yeah. Can, you kind of outgrow certain things, right. right? And you need to you need to let it go and buy yourself new clothes. Yeah, if, you got to put those in the yeah. in the container yeah. under the bed or wherever yeah. you're going to hide them. The shame box. The shame, yeah. the shame box. <laughs> the growing shame boxes, I should say. It's like all different. So I'm curious because you are so open on social media and all this. Like you're very funny. You're, I mean, you're a beautiful, you. beautiful young woman. And yet you. you're like posting all these yeah. like, ridiculous faces that you make and all this stuff. And it's obviously a conscious choice, like to show yeah. behind the scenes and, yeah. and the reality of everything. So how did you... Did that just happen or did you decide to do that? Like, do you have a specific approach? Because I feel like the marketing of the brand of the author is also (laughs) part of the puzzle of the whole thing. Right. And I don't think, you know, I don't remember when I started, but I definitely feel like Instagram has shifted in the last few years because the filters have changed from like, you have dog ears to like, (laughs) we we gave you like a 16 inch waist for some reason. And I think watching that, like I had the realization, like I didn't know that that was happening. (laughs) Like I am sort of, I use technology, but I'm never good at it. And I'm always like behind everything. So I didn't realize how much of what I was seeing was edited images. And I reached a point where I was like, wow, I feel worse about myself physically than I ever have in my life. What's going on? And then I realized like, I'm seeing like, of course I do. Like I'm my main entry point into the world of strangers right now is like beautiful pictures of them on the internet. oftentimes edited, not always, but it's like, you know, of course you want to post the most flattering picture. I do too. And that's why I post the most flattering pictures as well. But I, I think just realizing that and being like, wow, that's really bad for me to not understand that that's just like, you know, the, the right lighting, the right makeup, the right 
whatever. It's really bad for me mentally. And so I wanted to just kind of be like, I need to start sharing more of what actually happens when I take selfies because I'll take them for like 20 minutes <laughs> and there's like five that are good. And the rest I'm like, I really, I am, I'm taking these pictures myself and they're still that ridiculous. Like I'm still blinking in most of them. And it's like, I'm the one controlling the clicker. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is this happening? So yeah, I think like, you know, like social media is so weird. You're always trying to figure out how to be authentic on it, but you like almost can't because you're always funneling yourself into this one picture and this caption. And it's just impossible to contain everything in that post. And so I think it's just like a very small way of being like, yeah, this is great. Here I am looking nice. And you know, this is what I looked like in all the other pictures. It's just like a way to remind people. I think that like, this is not the summation of my life and experience. This is one corner of my house that is clean everything else right now is absolute chaos. <laughs> like that's the truth. I'm curious how you manage. Cause you have all the, you have multiple books now, retreats and people you meet on vacation and everything is like, has been back on the list and staying on the list and new books. And there's so much going on with you. So how much time are you spending writing and then like oh. career, like sort of writing yeah. management stuff? And like, how are you keeping up? How are you keeping up yeah. with like the reader, especially with the interaction with readers and fans, how are you doing that? Well, I think this is a funny question to get from you. It's <laughs> like famously the busiest woman in books, like making time for everything. Because I think, you know, to me, it feels like there's too much. There's too much. I can't keep up with all of it. And then I look at all my friends who are like, you know, raising kids and have other jobs and like are doing all the same stuff as me. And I'm just like, I was made, I was like, made in a laboratory to do one thing at a time and be very lazy. So I think, you know, right now what I'm kind of doing is my team has been really great about giving me the end of the year where I'm like no publicity stuff at all from like se uh, September through end of December, early January so that I can write a book because otherwise it's like not happening. And I think I'm just like, I don't know. I'm like, my big thing is I'm trying to work on saying no. And that's really hard because it's often just like a ton of stuff you want to do. It's not like saying no to like your, you know, sister's cut, like <laughs> barber's cousins, like, like birthday party. It's like saying no to like a great interview or a great event with an author I love. And that has been like the biggest, I think, point of growth for me in the last year is just simply having to say no and not being able to say yes, which is what I would do. So yeah, I feel like there's like a chunk of the year that is, you know, supporting my release and talking to readers and all of that, a chunk of the year that's just writing. And then the whole year, just like practicing saying no. <laughs> do you feel like, like is reading fan mail from readers, like a guilty pleasure? Like, do you love doing that? Or do you like save it for certain times? Like you must get so much mail. That's really like, yeah. Just tell I, me about the mail part. Just, <laughs> I'll tell you about the mail. Yeah. Well, it's really wild because, you know, Beatriot, I felt like, wow, I'm on top of the world. This is going so great. But People We Meet on Vacation was the one that really caught on Book Talk. And so that was when, you know, the reader messages started to really pour in. And that is amazing. There is no way that I could respond to all of them. And so it is the kind of thing where it's like, I do just kind of out of curiosity, like go into my DMs every <laughs> yeah. once in a while and just read the lovely messages. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's amazing. And it's the kind of thing where I almost feel like I was talking to someone recently 
And they were saying like, it's kind of like looking into the Grand Canyon where it's like on a logical level, you're like, this is amazing. But your brain is sort of like, don't even bother trying to understand this because it is so huge. And you cannot understand standing this close, like how amazing this is. And I think when I'm reading those messages, there's this feeling of surreal, like this very surreal quality where I'm just like, I can't believe this is real. And my brain is sort of like refusing to compute it. It's just like, look, look at something else. You can't handle like what this is. It's like too amazing, you know? Yes, totally get it. Oh my gosh, I love it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, wait, let's go back to the book for okay, a minute. Sure. I know. <laughs> and first of all, you have a great like sister dynamic, right? And you have the yeah. pregnant sister and somebody who's like really, uh, she's just so ready to like get out of her own life, um, yeah. even if she has to like hike her way up the hill and, <laughs> and, and like what a trip even means like what is an escape and like yeah. what, and all of that and then and and also the respect of people you work with and or work for and how that plays into everything too so i don't know talk about either of those things talk about yeah. like the sister relationship or talk about you know the sort of love hate work relationship situation yeah well the sister relationship i so i have older brothers i have sisters in law who i've now you know known for years and love like sisters and think of as sisters but i grew up with older brothers and i had kind of written about that relationship in one of my ya novels but a lot of my closest friends are older sisters who kind of have this caretaker relationship with their younger sisters and like, you know, one of my best friends, I have gone on multiple girl trips, like with her and her sister. And it's so funny because they will really be like at each other's throats, being so mean to each other. And then five minutes later, they're like laughing so hard. They can't stand up and they're crying. And I'm really fascinated by that relationship, like the intensity of a close sister relationship. And especially one where it's like the, you know, they've been, they've been through all the same trauma. They've had the same childhood, even if it struck them kind of differently. And, you know, one of them has, has kind of taken on this like parent parental role 
but they're also like best friends. And I'm just, I was so fascinated by that and really wanted to write that. And also, you know, my other best friend, like we've been best friends since we were 10 years old. And so we've gone through all these big major life transitions. Like we left and went to different colleges in different States. And then we moved back to Cincinnati and then she left again and moved to Denver. And so I feel like I've been through all of those growing pains of like, like, we love each other so, so much, but our lives are taking us in different directions. And if, you know, to really love each other well, we have to be willing to kind of let that space grow, to let you go and pursue your dream and live somewhere else. And that's like a really painful, but beautiful thing when you have that relationship that that spanned decades and you have to just create room so that you can both keep growing and that love doesn't have to go away. And so even though, you know, like I don't have biological sisters or, you know, sisters in my immediate family, I really felt a lot of that relationship with my friends kind of like creeping into it and the feelings of, I like, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to, to go anywhere where I can't get to you, (laughs) but I also want you to be happy so badly. And so much, I think of Nora and Libby's relationship is both of them feeling that way about each other. I felt, I just so related to Libby. I have to say, Oh, are you a younger sister? No, no. I mean the pregnancy part. Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard. No, no, sorry. Not that part. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the bedraggled, yeah. like, yeah. you know, she didn't want to express how, you know, it's, it's just yeah. sometimes it's really hard. That's well, and <laughs> you know, I think, you know, one of my good friends was pregnant while I was writing the book and, and I, it was really nice because she's so open. And so she was like, just really sharing how she was feeling and that weird feeling of her identity splitting. It was her first and like feeling like, okay, you know, I think of myself as this artist and now I'm going to be a mom. And like, always feeling like, you know, she's failing at one when she's succeeding at the other. And I think that's so refreshing because, you know, I feel that way after almost 15 years of this. So, you know, (laughs) I think, I mean, and I don't know that I don't think that men feel that same pressure where for some reason it's like, you know, parenting is important to men as well. But I feel like that feeling of, I am only a mom in these moments, or I'm only an artist in these moments. And I'm, so I'm always dropping the ball on something. I don't know. It's just, it's so fascinating and it's hard. And I feel like I want to see more of that in fiction and the risk, you know, kind of like the space given to moms to like complain (laughs) and like, to be like, instead of being like, this is a beautiful experience. And I love, I love being pregnant so much. And I loved my natural birth in a swimming pool at home. Like it's okay to be like, I am so tired and like sick of my family and I need a minute alone. You know, I just read uh, this book by Julia May Jonas called Vladimir. Oh, I am so Did excited. To read? No, but the cover I think is Yeah, the cover amazing. is very, very yeah. racy. I'm like, yes. I was so embarrassed. I literally like walked into my house <laughs> and I like put it face down on like the table when I walked in because I was like, yeah. I feel like I don't want anyone to see this. It's like, yeah. you know, bare chest right. of a man. Hairy like, man. What do people yeah. think I'm reading? This is like, yeah. you know, can't show my babysitter. But anyway, <laughs> in the beginning of that book, the main character is a novelist and mm-hmm. she wants to write this novel from three women's perspectives, an artist, a mother, and a career woman. And then like throughout her fictitious book in this novel, you realize it's the same woman. Yeah. And I loved that. And I was like, I was like, why did you not write that book? Go write that book. And she's like, okay, maybe I'll write that book. I hope she does. (laughs) I hope she does. But it's so true. I mean, there are all these different identities that all of us have, whether you have your own kids or not, this whole like sides of yourself that you have to interweave, like which one am I today? How much of this is, 
you know, it's like this pie chart, right? right? Each day you only get to see a little bit of right. the slices, right? Like it's yeah. like a, yeah, like the chore chart. You just yeah. flip it around. Like, right. Today like, what's I'm top be, priority? You know, event planner. And then yeah. I'll be a photographer tomorrow. Right. And, you know, and then whatever. a laundress. Yeah. yeah. Then a laundress. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. And talk about the work relationship and how, you know, even between two very professional people, and who are super accomplished, there can be some sort of underlying sexual tension. Like, what do you do about that? And does it come from all the negativity? All yeah. Yeah. I, it's so interesting because I don't know. Have you watched that show Severance? It just came out on Apple TV like a few. No, with Adam Scott. Yes. Right? It's no, really but good. I just but... saw the picture of it and I was like, I should watch that. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, it's dark. It's upsetting, but it's fantastic. And you know, so much of it, it's like this weird, like workplace, like satire in a way. And it's so interesting because it really, it's obviously totally different from what I'm doing, but it was making me think so much about kind of the dynamics that form in a workplace. And, you know, like there's like kind of the shorthand now of like my work wife or my work husband, where it's like, you find that person who you're like, okay, I'm sticking with you because like, we all, you know, like I know who to look to in the meeting when somebody says something ridiculous, like I'm, we're going to be making eye contact and yeah. whatever. And I think, you know, it's like when you spend that much time at your job or like have that really tricky work-life balance, those relationships are so important and like can very naturally become more. And I was really, you know, excited for this book to have two characters who are so similar. Like you said, they're both like, like diehard professionals, but I wanted to use that similarity to create this feeling of tension first with like them having sort of a contentious, like argumentative relationship. And then with like sexual and romantic tension, but just the idea of like, when you're, when you see yourself mirrored, like that weird push pull where you're like, do I hate you or do I love you? And is it because I, because you are me? Like, is this narcissism? What's happening? And that was really fun because I had written mostly couples who were really different before that. And I was like, okay, I want to write two peas in a pod and, and see if I can still make it like feel fairly intense and combustible. Did you see Dirty Rotten Scoundrels this is from a really long time ago? No, I've heard oh, of it, but gosh. I have not okay. seen it. It's not like totally related to <laughs> what is making me say this, but but it's like the scammer is trying to take advantage of the yes. woman who turns out to also be scamming yes. him. So it's it's sort of the same thing. It's like you don't know who really has the power. Like you're both doing what you're doing and yet you can't always see it. I don't know. Yeah, no. And there's that me. feeling of competitiveness. Yes, yes. I don't, yeah, totally. Yeah. But that's awesome. I love the dynamic between Nora and Charlie. Charlie, thank right? you. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's really, um, it was really awesome, Thanks. and I just like left wanting, wanting more. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's the best. What's your next novel? Do you have well, it already? I yeah. have a draft of it. I don't think I can, I can't speak like freely and openly about it, but yeah, I think it'll be coming out next summer. It is another romance. The cast is like slightly larger, which is like something I'm trying to balance now in edits of making everyone feel real, but so much of it, it really is, you know, it's kind of like about, it's about a friend group. I'll say that it's about a friend group and a relationship within that friend group. And it's really, I feel like it feels really different, but obviously like, I really only know how to like do a couple of things. So I think readers who like this one will still really like that one. Hopefully. Is it also set in the literary world or can you not say? It is not set in the literary world. I'm trying to think if there's even a single character from, it is not, it's, it is pretty. So in that way, it's different. I, I do feel like I could just keep writing books set in the literary world forever. <laughs> I really do. And I'm like, 
now at this point, I'm like trying to find a way to distinguish my books. I'm like, I can't just do this thing. But I, honestly, I'll probably come back and do another one. Um, maybe it'll be a book podcast or if you don't do that first, we'll see. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Could do it together. Yeah. I don't know if there's enough about podcasting. I mean, I'm literally just sitting here in my room. Like, but you have, I mean, you have to have like, you know, there's like the quirks and the, the people, like, I'm sure a lot of people show up without headphones or like, I mean, that sounds so boring, but I feel like there's a way to do it funny. You're probably right. Yeah. You're probably right. You're just too close to it now. You don't like, you know, if you started writing down everything that's happened to you since starting the podcast, there would be a lot there. I mean, I that's guess that's true, a yeah. lot of that's going into the memoir probably though. No, no, not too much. Really? Cool. Yeah, not too much. I'm so excited for that. Oh my gosh. I have to send it to you. I have to. Yeah, send it please to you. do. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's true. I, I almost wrote an article about like what not to do when you're a guest on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think I yeah. should write that. I think you should. Yeah. That would be helpful for a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing any of those things. Oh, good. But I had, I did have one interview where I was just like, this is a perfect example. Of the, like, <laughs> I hope they were like thing. chewing gum. <laughs> I won't even, I won't even say it. It hardly yeah. ever happens, but it's just yeah. like, you know, okay. And now I can't, I honestly can't even remember who that was because I could go yeah. back and listen to it again to right. remind myself what I was even thinking. <laughs> uh, but anyway, interesting. Do you have any parting advice for aspiring authors? Well, I mean, I really feel like you just have to like not give up because it, it feels like everybody else has had this overnight success. And that's almost never true. That's like the one in a million. Most of us really are doing like the frantic Googling building of like Excel spreadsheets being, you know, just trying to get all the information and to query agents and all of that. And I feel like it, it feels so trite to say, but it really is true that it's like, it just takes so many no's before you get a yes. And all you really need is that one. Yes. So I don't know. I know it's, it can be so discouraging. And so I think the big thing is I just want people to know they are very much not alone and not even just like the other people who are aspiring to publish, but like all of the published writers, they're, you know, listening to podcasts of and reading, like all of those people are also very familiar with rejection yes. <laughs> and that's just a part of it. Very true. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for the book. Congratulations again. And yeah, let's keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Zibby. Thanks okay. for having me. All right. Bye, Emily. Bye. Take care. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zibby Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 